0: Following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host Frederick Penny, Attorney at Law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Welcome to Radio Law
1: Talk. I'm Frederick Penny, your host. I was just looking at pictures of uh, Zamora, the teacher that has just been sentenced to 20 years in prison. We're going to talk about that this hour, Um, but just very interesting uh, to see uh, what happened and and whether or not you believe 20 years in prison for uh, basically having uh, sexual relations with a 13-year-old is too much or not enough. And we're going to talk about some other specific ones that were fairly similar but not the exact same thing. And what they received, that was other men uh, that had relations with minor uh, minors and, and what they received. Again, all states are different and every scenario is different. So um, you have to uh, remember that. We're going to discuss that. Call us at 855-LAW-RADIO or tweet us at Radio Law Talk. We do a thing uh, called Case or No Case, uh, which Cal tries to stump us by either giving us a real case scenario, uh, and we determine whether or not what the outcome is, or it's a fake case, and uh, he tries to stump us to determine whether if we can figure out if it's a fake case or a real case, and then we receive points for that. Those of you in our newest affiliate, we're telling you that so you can understand some of the favorite things that everybody loves to hear, which is the case or no case. Welcome, WSGI, 1100 AM, Springfield, Tennessee, Todd's hometown as a prosecutor. He didn't grow up there, but it's kind of his semi-hometown. My home state. Yeah, where he was a a prosecutor there, so we're exciting to finally have Tennessee in our wheelhouse and part of the family. So uh, let's remember that. The other thing we're going to talk about is a man who was sentenced for stealing Marilyn Monroe statute. And what's interesting is if you look at the pictures and we discuss this case, how the heck did he get away with this? Broad daylight. There's actually a picture of him taking it down with a hacksaw in broad daylight. Yet, So anyway, at least that's what I... I understand. Fred, also,
2: when, a, when a man's got an urge, a it. man's got an urge. <laughs> yeah,
1: or, or I wonder how much he was
2: smoking. It could I be. Know.
1: And then we're going to talk about some legal issues with Taylor Swift and Jeff Bezos' divorce. Denise, that's in your wheelhouse. We've got to talk about how Jeff uh, Bezos wife is going to have to live like a pauper the rest of her life. It's just, I feel so I, bad for her. I don't know how she's going to get I, by. I, I'm not quite how sure she's going to get by. but Should we start a GoFundMe page? We should probably start yes. a GoFundMe page and then and then we'll help her out. So we're going to discuss that. But before we get to that, just remember that we're talking about general legal issues. Uh, seek counsel for anything uh, that you need to discuss uh, or talk about or get an opinion on. Do not take us uh, for, I'm going to say, don't even listen to us, I'm going to say, other than using it for, yeah what, I'd say Christmas time around the table with the in-laws.
2: Yep, yep, Christmas time, Thanksgiving, you're around, and everybody's talking, and somebody says, you know, they said, Mm -hmm. they say that back in my day, we didn't have none of those comedy shows, or whatever, you can come back and say, well, you know, I noticed you gave no citation, no example of the word they and i'm going to come back with some radio law talk citations that'll get you that'll do it for you
1: okay cal without further ado let's go to
0: our two case or no case now it's time to play case or no case all right remember ladies and gentlemen this is a game of skill no wagering all right (laughs) i take you now to england Last, uh, last time we were together, we had a case or no case about a wedding photog. This is, I think, my last wedding photog case for the year. Mark and Sylvia Day were presented with a compact disc full of pictures from the big day. Heads chopped off, inattentive guests, random close-ups of vehicles. The cutting of the cake was missed. Of the 400 images they were given, only 22 met with their approval and those marginally. They also received unedited, shaky video footage of the event with the camera operator dropping the camera in the middle of the ceremony, accompanied by a swear word when he picked it I know it up. where this one's going, by the way. I'm already ahead of you. And a further insult to the occasion, Gareth Bowers of Fresh Images Photography misspelled their names on the thank you (laughs) cards. It said, thank you, Slavia and Mark. (laughs) The couple had selected their photographer, Mr. Bowers, after visiting 11 bridal fairs. Didn't get their album more than a year after they tied the knot. They just got the disc. Mrs. Day said things went from bad to worse because the photog and the videographer kept missing important key points throughout the day. There were no nice group shots with the bride, the groom, the family, etc., etc. They asked for a refund. Photog says, you're out of your mind. I didn't guarantee the quality of the pictures, only that I would take them. And I did. You now have your wedding album. There's no accounting for taste. And just because you didn't like the pictures doesn't mean I shouldn't get paid. So the married couple sought counsel and so I ask you case or no case and it's a time that we start with Mr. Todd Cuonan on this particular adventure Mr. Cuonan <laughs> well I what's... have
2: no I have no doubt that the married couple sought counsel I just didn't know if it was legal counsel or marital counseling but uh, I don't know if you're gonna let me get away with that one nope, boy not y- to. you know yeah. you know I'm gonna go out on a limb here because go big or go home I'm gonna say no case. I know that you already gave us one no-case today with the previous one, but I'm going to say this one was a no-case because of something that I picked, on while, picked up on while you were giving the scenario and our reactions to it. So that's my no-case final answer. All right. Denise Dirks, what say you, case? Or no case, and if it was a case, what was the outcome?
3: Well, certainly, well, uh, England. I don't know England laws, but I have to assume some of them are kind of similar because a lot of the United States laws are derived from English laws. And so, I would have to say that it's a breach of warranty that the um, photographer and the person who put on the wedding, whether it was a photographer and also then you know did the thank you cards, that they warrant that they're going to do. A product that's something that you could utilize, and utilizing means seeing the faces on people and seeing the group shots. And, and weddings are very traditional. You you have pictures of the cake cutting, and you have you know pictures of each of the families with the with the bride and all of that. So I would say definitely it's a breach of contract issue, and specifically that this uh, photographer slash you know, stationary person, um, actually breached that warranty, that they warranted their product. And I'm going to say that it is a case, and I'm going to say that the, um, the damages, they got back 22 over 400, no, opposite because 22 pictures were okay that the relative damages was kind of gone between what was okay and the mass that wasn't and so they got most of their money so they back.
0: got a portion of their money back yeah, most just, of it we can just say that okay yes. fair enough mr penny what say you case or no case and if so enlighten us as to your thoughts on the outcome
1: i'm gonna play the photographer Uh, 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 there's the whiskeys over there I know where the champagne is George, grab me another one okay, I'm gonna take a picture whoa, there's three people give me another shot of that whiskey he was drunk he was drinking all the wine and all the drinks. That's exactly what happened. He's like, I'm going to take the picture right here. And you know what? They should have known it when they said, okay, we're cutting the cake. Just a minute. Just a minute. Let me take the picture. And then they should have kicked him out right there or got someone else, got Aunt Martha to take the picture. But I'm going to tell about what the more details of why I think this is the case when we come back, because I know what I'm doing when it comes to wedding picture taking.
0: <laughs> You're listening to Radio Law Talk on your favorite radio station and on radiolawtalk.com and we remind you, the show is live 9 to noon every Saturday Pacific time. You can listen live on the website then.
1: Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at pennyassociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad.
5: many women have so many clothes in the closet but then we go to get dressed and find we have nothing to wear
1: At the corner, the corner we, we waited to cross the street. The stoplight stop counted, counted down. 15, 14. 41,
5: 31, I mean 13.
1: We, we took, took a left on Carroll Garden Street.
2: Garden street.
1: Loud music was coming, coming from, from a car. car. Danny's a smart kid, but he gets so distracted.
3: There were so many other sounds, I didn't know what to focus on.
1: Danny, earth to Danny. Suddenly he realized he forgot his homework
6: again. I left my homework on the table. At the the school school steps, steps, we we hug goodbye. goodbye. I I really hope hope he doesn't have another another bad day at school school today. When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free online resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Get personalized recommendations, practical tips, daily access to experts, and more. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by understood.
0: You're listening to radiolawtalk.com. and now back to your host Frederick Penny.
1: Show the facts are uh, uh, um ah uh, uh, We're taking pictures and pretty much we don't have very good pictures. I dropped
0: the camera dang. We uh, take a couple of uh,
1: yeah, that, that champagne is really good. So this guy's drunk, in my opinion, and I'm telling you right now, he's taking horrible pictures. There's only 22 good pictures that show up. They sue. He said, I only guaranteed I'm taking the pictures. I'm not guaranteeing the quality of the pictures. And I'm going to say I don't know the laws in England, but I'm going to say this is the thing. It's a case, and they win, as in the couple that got the credit pictures, because there's an assumption of certain standards within the community of photographers that you have to meet. In other words, we didn't guarantee that you would have good pictures, but they're going to say, too bad. There's an assumption that pictures are at a certain standard or level. I know in the United States and many states, that's what the argument would be. So I'm going to say it's a case, and the couple wins. They get their money back. They should have got more than that, and they probably lost tons of money on their wedding, for the forty or fifty bottles of wine, and or champagne that this guy drank,
0: <clears throat> no, uh, no discussion about alcohol in the suit. Only just lousy. Qual- oh, I guess uh? I, ga- I gave it away. Those of you who say it is a case, Fred and Denise.
1: <sighs> God is <smoked. laughs>
0: It's a case. It is a case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, those of you who say it is not a case. Okay, okay, now, for those of you who say that the plaintiffs, that is the happy couple, won.
7: Oh, yes, right. did he Yes. <laughs>
0: Fred Penny and Denise nailed it. Denise Dirks and Fred Penny. They were awarded some compensation by the judge after winning a case for breach of contract against the photographer. The deputy district judge found in favor of the days at the court and criticized Mr. Bowers for providing inappropriate photos that were woefully inadequate. Inappropriate fo- photos. Bowers said, well, your honorship, sir... I've been in the business for four years, and I, I've shot 20 weddings. That's all he'd shot was 20 weddings in four years. Now, he was ordered to pay back $500 from the five hundred pounds from the 1,450 the days had given him. So 450 damages, $100 for their loss of earnings, and $170 in court fees.
3: That's so pretty they, good. So
0: they didn't recover all of it. No. Uh, the judge said... Uh, it's not just the quality of the pictures, but the subject of the photos is unworthy of wedding photographs. <laughs> Bowers also missed the cutting of the cake, and you can see how angry the groom was getting at the wedding video. Uh, and In fact, uh, the bride said that she did, because of the lousy photographer, she did a psycho knife action in the wedding video toward the photographer saying, come on, man, you know, get some pictures here. Anyway, uh, the judge said it was a car crash from start to finish. And therefore, you're going to have to give yes. them back most of what they uh, what Good they
1: case. That was a good case. And I think in the United States, the same thing probably would have happened.
0: And was, now, uh, uh, next time, by the way, I want to tease. Next time on Case or No Case, I will take you to the lovely village of Austin, Texas.
1: Now, let me tell you, I'm going to give you, as an attorney, as an attorney, I'm going to give you some advice, uh, ladies and gentlemen out there. No, let me back up. As Fred Penny, not as an attorney, I'm going to give you advice. When you're at your wedding and your photographer shows up and he's got a bag and he zips open the bag to take pictures and he pulls out these little cardboard square little camera things, <laughs> at the disposable ones, and says, "Ready to go?" You might want to have Aunt Martha take the pictures. So there you go. Just a little bit of little bit of advice from Fred Penny at Radio Law Talk.
0: Welcome right. to Tips by Fred Penny. As a, <laughs> as a former wedding photographer myself, my advice is. Always have a backup, relatives or somebody, Mm. seriously, because you you never know, especially in the days of film, so much could go wrong. You know, I would always bring somebody else with me and say, please shoot just in case I have a problem. Right, right. Only bailed me out one time out of like 60 that I did, but that one time was huge. (laughs) So, right. Okay. Anyway, that's case or no case. you. So
1: there's a man in Southern California that is in love with Marilyn Monroe for some reason, and and he just can't help himself, but he wants the Marilyn Monroe statute that is sitting on top of uh, four ladies of Hollywood statue is what it's called, and that's at the corner of Hollywood and La Brea Boulevard, and it shows him. Wait a minute, I don't think it. Wait, a minute, it might have been nighttime. It shows them. Uh, going up there, I don't know if they're replacing it or what they're doing, but he climbs up there and gets a hacksaw. Now, you got to see this. This is not like some place you can just go and grab it. You're going to have to get a really high ladder or a, uh, you know, one of those, what do you call those lifts to get up to it. But he climbs up there somehow, use the hacksaw, cuts it down, and someone even says that they see him doing it and watch him do it. Now that's what's just ironic to me is, you know, uh, it, it's 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 interesting that oh yeah, someone's up there hacksawing the Marilyn Monroe. Maybe you should call the cops.
3: I'm not quite sure. And, and this guy is kind of an interesting gentleman, um, for lack of a better description, because he also was convicted, a ple- pled no contest to felony vandalism for smashing President Trump's Walk of Fame star.
2: I remember that with case with a pickaxe. Yes.
3: So this guy is, like, in the business of, of defacing, um, you know, memorial statues or, or whatever you want to call them. Um, we call that
2: a half-court low where I grew, grew up. Yeah. Oh, they're, like they're running a half-court low on motor oil in their mm-hmm. old brain there? Mm-hmm. Okay, this is the question.
3: Here's <laughs> I didn't get it. I thought you said half-court. So I'm going... Like no, basketball?
2: No, no. <laughs> no, we're calling it he's a half-court lope. So
1: here's or um, This is what's interesting. He pleads no contest to felony, grand theft, and vandalism. We only have one minute, Todd. Tell us really quick what no contest
2: means. No contest means you're not admitting the facts of the case, but you are basically saying, yeah, if once a trial, there's enough there to convict me. I'm not going to contest this. I'll take it. You preserve your defenses for any civil suits.
1: Yeah. Okay. We're going to, have to come back and talk a little bit about Taylor Swift and Scooter Braun. This is interesting as to Taylor Swift's rights to her prior, um, I think there's five prior albums or more than that we're going to discuss. And then we will talk about Britney Zamora. I'm not quite sure. I'm teasing you on that. That's an interesting one for you guys. Hang on. We'll be right back. I'm Fred Penny, your host of Radio Law Talk.
7: Lots of
0: resources on our website, radiolawtalk.com. All you have to do is... Go over there. Pretty easy. We'll see you in just a minute. Don't go
7: away.
0: All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com.
7: Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories.
5: I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested.
2: Get sober
7: now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-918-1376. 800-918-1376. 800-918-1376. That's 800-918-1376.
5: Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight
0: about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. All right, guys, we need to have you read some lines for our disclaimer promo, but first, can anybody tell me what a disclaimer is?
5: He's still not smiling.
2: Maybe he's not a smiler.
5: (sighs) Yeah. Maybe he's just not a happy baby.
2: Maybe he's just being a boy. You know how boys are.
5: Or maybe he's teething. Oh, poor baby. I think his gums hurt. Maybe he's
2: just tired. Or maybe his tummy hurts. He didn't eat that much. Maybe he's not ticklish.
5: You think maybe he's scared of the dog?
2: Maybe he'll outgrow it. Maybe it's a phase. Maybe he just doesn't like smiling.
5: Maybe he has autism. And we can definitely do something to help.
0: Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org signs or see a doctor today for an autism screening. The sooner it's diagnosed, the better. And it can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council.
2: Oh, come on.
0: To get back to Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station.
1: So we got the Brittany Zamora case and the Taylor Swift case. Not, you know, I'm not trying to say they're similar, but uh, we're going to talk about Brittany Zamora. Brittany Zamora is a school teacher in Arizona, and this is uh, the latest thing that hit uh, just at the end of the week, I believe, was it a Thursday or Friday, that she was sentenced to – it was Friday – to 20 years in prison for uh, some sex crimes. And and there's a little uh, – we, we need to back up and kind of go through the scenario of, of, of what exactly happened in this case.
2: Yeah, so – Zamora is a sixth grade teacher at the school that she teaches at, and the 13-year-old was a student at the school, and this case involves two kids, 113, 111, and we'll explain how they got involved. So, as alleged, if if the prosecutor was giving the factual basis, I would imagine this is what they would say, that Zamora was engaged in a sexual relationship with the 13-year-old student and that they were using the 11-year-old student as a, quote, lookout to stand guard outside because this activity was taking place on the campus of the school. Now, it came to light when the parents of the 13-year-old found his phone and observed text messages. And the text messages between the 13-year-old and the teacher were very explicit and strongly suggested that a sexual relationship was going on. It was turned over, law enforcement investigated, and that's how law enforcement found out about the 11-year-old being the one that stood lookout. Interviews revealed that he did see some activity. Mm -hmm. They checked the 11-year-old's phone and they find that at one point in time Zamora had asked the 11-year-old a personal question about his private parts and he didn't know what she was talking about so she sent him a picture of a of a male that had those characteristics and, and he responded. And the long and short of all of that is that she ended up facing charges originally charged with 10 counts of sexual misconduct. Bear in mind that every time intercourse happens is a separate charge. So she was originally charged with 10 counts, and I believe that they were counts of actual conduct with the 13-year-old, and then there was a charge of communication with the intent to commit those acts with the 13-year-old, and communication with the intent to commit those acts with the 11-year-old based upon the Context of the messages that were sent. So that's what she was charged with. That's sort of the background. She was arrested faced the charges
3: and she actually pled to, th- to, to it looks like it's two charges because one kind of looks like it's two parts but she pled to um, sexual conduct with a minor uh, attempted molestation of a minor and public sexual indecency and that's the charge where the 11 year old comes in because that 11 year old saw something that he should not have seen
2: well I, I she's probably got two charges as it relates to the 11 so we know that the sexual conduct with the minor applies to the 13 year old right the other one that she pled to which was communication attempted molestation attempted molestation that would be as it relates to the 11 year old what they're saying is she was trying to groom him the calls the the, exactly Text messages and all that, and then the fact that it happened on a public campus, and and the and in her car, and, yeah, and in her car, which was to be a public place, in any place where somebody where it's reasonably likely that somebody could have seen, and the fact that they've got evidence that the 11 year old did see, so she's good for those three charges. Now she faced up to 30 years. That's what she was looking at. She entered a plea deal where the mandatory minimum was 20. Now, I don't know, I don't know if the terms of the plea deal were one that they said, look, we're going to leave it up to the judge. Sometimes this happens in cases where they say, here's what we're going to do. By virtue of the plea deal, we're not going to say you can't get probation, We're going to say we'll leave it up to the judge to determine whether you get probation or whether you go to jail. And if you go to jail, you're looking at 20 – if you go to prison, you're looking at 20 years. And the only reason I say that is because at the sentencing, Zamora made comments about how I just want to go home to my husband. This is not who I am. I – Colossal error and judgment, all of those things, and I don't see somebody making those kind of arguments about wanting to go home to your husband if it's already set in stone that you're actually going to prison. Could be wrong, but that just doesn't seem to contextually work, but the fact is she was sentenced to 20 years.
3: Um, Yeah, the the interesting thing, too, is the court did look at mitigating factors. Um, They looked at her lack of criminal history and the fact that screenings indicated she was not likely to reoffend, and she did appear to be remorseful in the end. However, they looked at some um, factors that aggravated the situation, such as her violating and abusing her position of trust over these children, and that fact, she tried to conceal the crimes. And in the beginning, her her, um, defense team tried to blame the 13-year-old victim, which I think backfired badly. Um, so anyway, the judge does look at those things, too, in, inf- in imposing the sentence. So
1: here, here's the whole question for us at Radio Law Talk that we have brought up on this thing. Is 20 years too extreme in this case or not? Or is it not extreme enough that they should have given her more? Now, again, this is clearly a person, we're all going to agree, that has no, at least known, prior criminal issues, pretty clean, married, just the typical all-american girl it sounds like you know a teacher uh you know just you know someone that we look up to in the community and was this just a horrible mistake but what's interesting for those of you listening to note is every state's different in the laws and you notice the judge gave her the minimum Amount um, now, other states are different, and we've talked about this. And Todd sent us an interesting article about a uh, California sex crime detective that admits to assaulting a 15-year-old girl, and he gets a few years.
2: He is got that right? he got three years of prison, and and this is a guy who for 20 years investigated sexual assault crimes, and in this case was the investigator on a case where the victim was a victim of sexual assault. And then 15, year old, 15 year old victim of sexual assault, and he engages in the same activity with her. And, uh, you know, what, you, what
3: sentence did he get?
2: He got three years. <laughs> and you, know, you can see, you, you can see contextually how, how the scenario would lend itself, maybe, to that. Here, you got a victim of sexual assault, they're very vulnerable. Uh, a female victim, very vulnerable, and this guy comes in and, for all intents and purposes, might even look like the hero. Going to investigate this, going to champion this, works with the victim, meets with her. They build that relationship of trust, and that has to occur otherwise. Mean, victims are not just going to tell what happened to them to anybody. you got to trust the investigator, right? And with all of that happening, to have the investigator then take advantage of that, take advantage of that, it's just, it's just wrong. But in California... Based upon the sentence structure, he gets three years. In Arizona, the teacher, who I suppose it's similar in the sense that it's an absolute abuse of the trust and the relationship between two, she gets 20.
1: Yeah, I read this by a number number of people, by the way. I laid the facts out. And the three of us here, just so you know, those of you listening, agree that something's wrong with Brittany Zamora and what she did was horrible. OK, the issue is under the Eighth Amendment, cruel and unusual punishment Right? Yes. is 20 years too excessive. And without fail, the individuals that I went through this case and talked to them, they all said the same thing. She's that's. Oh, she should be. They were upset at her, mad. And, and she, that, needed she needed to do time. And the minute I said 20 years, all of them gasped like, yeah.
3: wow, much. It does seem like excessive. they were shocked
2: it, that yeah. much. And. I think that speaks a little bit to the amount of media coverage that it gets. And I'll give you this example. Here we are in, I mean, we broadcast this from Northern California. And so the folks that you asked arguably were from this locale. None of us are in Arizona. I hopped on and checked what the Arizona newspapers were reporting. And some of them, one in particular I saw, says, Brittany Zamora snookers the judge into getting the minimum sentence. And that people there thought she should have gotten more. And, you know, you look at this, intelligent minds can differ as it relates to this.
3: Reasonable person differ in each state, right? E-
2: exactly. But the, we look at this and say, 20 years, wow. I mean, if, if that is an appropriate sentence for her, then the cop with the, the sexual assault victim— should be looking at the same or more, in my opinion. Uh, Yeah, 20 years is an awful lot.
3: Hey, call us at 855-LAW-RADIO. That's 855-529-7234 or tweet us at Radio Law Talk.
1: Yeah, we're going to be back and talk a little bit about this Taylor Swift uh, recordings case. Actually, it's not a case yet. Uh, The issue is whether or not a case is going to come forward about her recordings that this individual bought for $300 million dollars which is quite a bit of money and uh, whether or not Taylor had the opportunity to buy her her uh, I guess they call them her original catalog back but we'll be back we'll, uh, we'll discuss that with Todd myself Fred Penny and Denise Turks
0: this is Radio Law Talk and we thank you for listening we'll be right back The cost of getting rid of garbage is high, and recycling products is lucrative. If you're a business or know of a business that needs an individual compactor or baler, call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. If you already have an industrial compactor, baler, or shredder, and need service, don't forget to call Northwest Compacting at 888 201 Northwest Compacting, your full-service industrial compacting and bailing company. Read more about them at northwestcompacting.com.
5: Many women have so many clothes in the closet, but then we go to get dressed and find we have nothing to wear. Ah!
6: Even in the hustle and noise of this modern world, we feel the pull of the forest, to walk under the canopy and feel transformed. National forests are essential to life, majestic and grand. They clean our air, supply drinking water to millions, and provide homes to countless wildlife. They fuel our imaginations, inspiring us to think big, and now's the time to do just that fires and natural disasters devastate our forests each year that's why we're replanting millions of new trees across the country the arbor day foundation needs your help we've heard the call of the wild and we've answered scientists foresters volunteers and members together we can preserve and protect our heritage and legacy we must act now so that the generations of today and tomorrow can continue to depend on our forests. Visit Arborday.org. See how you can help.
0: All around the world, the world. This is RadiolawTalk.com. Radio Law Talk. Law Talk.
1: Yeah, we we moved on from Brittany Zamora, but we have to back up because Todd was bringing up a good point about uh, the judge that was recalled. There was a worry, to some degree, about judges who are actually giving out sentences according to what the legislator has set the law. And this judge, in the case of the isn't the swimmer the the Stanford Stanford swimmer. swimmer, got recalled because he basically followed what the law. Required him,
2: well, well, not required,
1: but within the 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 means of the law that was set by the legislators
2: allowed him. So so you you remember in the analysis that I just gave about Brittany Zamora, I said that it seemed I wasn't sure, but it seemed like they may have given it over to the judge to say, look, you can either give probation or prison, and if you go to prison, it's twenty years, right? Well, because that's what the law arguably would have allowed. In the Aaron Persky situation, Aaron Persky being the judge who oversaw the Stanford swimmer, sentencing was given to him. He exercised his discretion. Right or wrong, he exercised it within the purview of what the law allowed. And in that case, he granted probation with six months in jail. The guy got out in three based upon sentencing credits. And the public was in an uproar and ultimately recalled him my con- my my concern was that that was going to create this wave throughout the judiciary where judges looking at that going well if i don't if i don't want to be recalled nobody's going to recall me for being too harsh on a sentence so uh, i'm i'm going to err on the side of being very harsh and that was my first fear with zamora well the problem f- with that analysis is 20 years was the minimum that she could get if she went to prison. So there's nothing really wrong with that. How do you remedy that? Is the remedy to recall? I disagree. I think the remedy, if you don't like the sentences, is to go to your legislature and get the law changed. If you don't want Persky to have the ability to give six months, go to the legislature and change the mandatory minimum for the offense of engaging in sexual activity with an unconscious person. Yeah,
1: but like you said, you were reading the newspaper articles, and there was a number of people of saying, he, she should have got Thirty
2: years. She should have gotten more. They thought. They thought wow. that the judge in Arizona was, was as they quote, snookered. Right. Yeah. I
0: th- yeah. I, th- I think people think judges abuse their discretion sometimes when they say, "Look, the law says twenty years. Send her upriver for twenty years." This was great. So this was an eleven-year-old kid, and 13, she's sending. Yeah, I mean, come on, right? I mean, I think well, I'm just telling you that. That many times the irritation comes when the law says this, and then the judge says, well, traditionally, uh, so I'm going to exercise my discretion. And the law isn't really followed, but that's okay for the judge and the courts. It's not okay for the people on the outside of the system. Well, and that's what people I'm going to
3: argue
1: yes or no. Go
3: ahead. Yeah, yes. I was going to say, we have to be so careful because judiciary does not create the law. It's a legislative branch that, branch that creates law, except in the case of stare decisis, which means case law does come up. Right. But in this criminal justice system, the legislature in California has set the standards maybe a little bit lower than what public is right now. And if, in fact, we believe that the the um, sentencing guidelines should be stronger, we need to address that with our legislature.
2: That's right. Yeah, but I, I think getting to Cal's point, if I understood Cal's point correctly... It it is that it's not an issue for us about whether the judge can or can't. I think we all understand they can't. It's that the general public, with the general public's average understanding of the judiciary— we can see a judge that sentences somebody within the purview of what the judge can sentence and i don't think that the public necessarily gets that they're sentencing in the case of aaron persky i don't think that the judge that the public necessarily got that he was sentencing within the purview of what the law allowed they just viewed it as this is judicial abuse of discretion that he shouldn't have done that not realizing that he didn't deviate from What happened? It's not like the judge went, I know that the law requires me to put you in prison for three years, but I'm going to go rogue and do whatever I want to do and give you six months. He did what he did. If you don't like it, change what the judge can do.
1: And that's what I'm trying to say too with the judges also. What nowadays with the social media and everything happening so fast, everyone is a judge out there off of. Two-second review of Twitter, and that's what irritates me a little bit. Is these judges, and again, they're not perfect. Don't get me wrong; they're going to make mistakes, but they're looking at all the evidence, all the details. The famous McDonald's case, everybody knows about. Oh my gosh! Because don't forget, us lawyers, I've read and studied it. Oh, that was a trap. That's crazy. The McDonald's, McDonald's
0: meeting where the woman yeah. spilled coffee, yeah, down yeah her coffee lap, right. down her <laughs> lap,
1: and all oh, that was. A, but they didn't know the judge did what's called a remitter. A remitter means he reduced the 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 case because he thought it was too much and didn't know about the facts of, of, of who was testifying to what. But the judge is right there. The judge is studying it. The judge hears everything and all the evidence the whole time, and all you hear out there is what the media tells you. So we have to give some discretions to our judges.
3: Yes, and Judge Persky was actually um, cleared of any abuse of discretion by the Judicial um, Commission. So... And that didn't matter to the
0: public. You see, that's the point. To the public, it comes off as an academic exercise, not an exercise in justice. And that's the issue here. I understand what you're saying. He did everything in quotes legally, did everything in quotes. But you know what? At the end of the day, there was an unconscious girl raped by a guy yeah. and he served right. 3 months in prison. Right, right. Now to the general public, what are you going to say? Oh, well, it was within the purview. No, you're not going to
2: say that. No,
3: you're not. You're yeah. going to say that the judge did it wrong, but when you look at who's really in charge of sentencing guidelines, it's not the judge. Yeah,
2: and if you know, right. look, if you go to our podcast, look up last week's show, we talked about the judges in New Jersey that on a case where uh, whether a teen should be tried as an adult or as a teen, was a 16-year-old kid that sexually assaulted an unconscious person and took video of it, right, takes video of it, and on the video says, when your first time having sex is being raped. I mean, terrible, and the judge says, has the audacity to question whether or not the victim was really intoxicated, that the prosecution should have had a discussion with that victim about her ruining the life of this 16-year-old because he came from a good family and looked like he had good prospects going to college. Yeah. And 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 mind you, on appeal, he was thoroughly reamed by these. The he book. needs to be but, reamed. But the, but the problem <laughs> is... From the public's perspective, they see a judge like that, and then they see a judge like Aaron Persky. They're all lumped into the same category. Right. And, and Persky
1: didn't – was again, I'm not agreeing, disagreeing with you, Cal, that, it, that this was a small amount. But he worked within the system that was given to him by the legislator, and there are checks and balances for judges, and Denise brought it up. There is a judicial committee. They can be disciplined by them, and they reviewed it and found he did nothing wrong.
2: I am waiting for the legal treatise, the legal book to come out that says how to effectively litigate your case into 140 characters or less. Because that's what we need. And we got the Twitters, Facebook, (laughs) and and the whole case is litigated in what you can put in a tweet, what you can say in a 30-second soundbite. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. that's what it boils
0: down to. And also... You have to understand the political climate right now, which is to reduce sentencing, hold people less accountable. I mean, in California, there's an under uh, rumbling undertone that criminals are being held much less accountable for their maldeeds. Uh, those that were felons, now they're misdemeanors. Those The, the misdemeanors are being f- out flooding the streets and committing more crime. I mean, it's a simple fact. So people are upset about that. Yes. And then they see this happen, and there's this rumble underneath. See, I told you nobody's being held accountable. And you say, go to the legislature, and the legislature says, we're not going to build any more jails. That's the issue, and I'm yeah. going to say that. But yeah. we're, uh, we're not political. Go ahead.
1: I Let's think see.
3: we're forgetting one really important part. California is in the minority when it allows for removal of judges by um, recall. There, Most of the states do not, so most of the rumblings that come around the public does feel a little less um, able to impact that judge or to have any influence on the judge because he can only be removed for criminal act.
2: And, and to me, that's the ultimate irony, I think, that Cal's talking about, is if you, exactly. if you poll people nationwide, they're going to say that California is the one that looks like they are leaning more towards reduced sentences for criminals and all of that, yet California is one of the only states that allows recall of judges, and the one that happened most recently is because a judge went too light on a defendant. I mean, that's sort of... Ironic.
1: It comes down to whether or not you leave more discretion to the judges or not, and you know, how much are we being uh, taught by Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and all that stuff. So, hey, you know, we tried the best we could to get to the Taylor Swift case and the Scooter Braun. We want to talk about it, but remember, you can go on to Radiolawtalk.com. Go to the Listen Live. and You can hear us live talk about it. We just have so much fun here, and we have so many interesting topics to talk about. We just can't get to all of them. I wish we could. Call us at 855-LAW-RADIO or tweet us at Radio Law Talk. And if you have some topics you want to talk about during the week, info at radiolawtalk.com. We will see you
0: in another hour. This is Radio Law Talk.